1: The purpose of the message I believe God's given me today, and actually, let me just say this. Uh, Yesterday marked our family's one-year anniversary of landing in Salt Lake City. And you know what, uh, Kelsey? We we don't just sing. you, You know this. We're not just singing about revival. Revival is happening. And the word revival means to come alive again. And this valley, this valley of dry bones, this army of dry bones is coming back to life again in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, I believe that one of the reasons God has his eye on Salt Lake Valley is because it represents the greatest potential army for the kingdom of God on the history of the planet. If you think about the movement that has started here, whenever it started, uh, that um, the Mormon church uh, that is now in every, uh, every nation, it's all over the world the moment that they begin to become awakened to the freedom that is found in Jesus Christ, that represents the greatest army for the kingdom of God that this planet has ever seen. The purpose of my message today is that you, Gabriel Thielen, Maddie Thielen, would prosper. The purpose of my message today is that you would prosper. So have that in the context of everything I say, because I hope I say something that offends you. I hope I do. I think the Bible says something about, you know, beware if everybody loves you. You're probably not speaking the truth the way you need to be speaking it. When I say prosperity, I'm not just talking about money, but even if I was, that would be a good thing. But 3 John 1, 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Pastor Matt Tuggle, one of my favorite communicators as well, preached on this scripture last week brilliantly encourage you to listen to it. But God's desire is that we would prosper in all things. So, Christian, why aren't you? Why am I not necessarily always prospering in all things if that is the will of God? If that is the will of God. This is Vision Builders Month, and in order to do what God has called us to do in this city and the other cities that God is calling Awakened Church to move into, we must prosper. We must prosper financially. It takes money, if you didn't know it, to buy buildings. It takes money to put on events. It takes money to buy speakers. It takes money to pay me. My fee is... Takes money. So we need to prosper, right Chad? To get things done. To take back the territory that the enemy thought he had secured. And boy is he in for a wake up call in Salt Lake City. Psalm 35 verse 27 says this. Let them shout. For joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause, and let them say continually, Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. There's a few things that stand out to me in this verse. The first thing is this the word prosperity, what does that actually mean? The word means welfare. Health, prosperity, and peace. Does anybody want some welfare, health, PJ, my man, prosperity? PJ, did you talk to Joel last service? You didn't connect to him? Why not? Uh, Because you were serving. Because you're a servant of God. Okay, good man. Love you, PJ. What did he say? Good save. <laughs> Squirrel. That's what the word prosperity means. We, we all want that. <laughs> You're good, Hillary. Hillary says I'm naughty, and it's true. It's because my pastor has been Jürgen Mattesius for the last <laughs> 17 years. So he endorses it. He endorses the naughtiness. Yes, he does. One of the best men on the planet, Pastor Jurgen Matesius. So that's the first thing that stands out in that verse. Psalm 35, 7 is the word prosperity. That's what it means. That's great. The second thing that stands out to me in this verse is where it says, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. I think it's interesting that God has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. So when his servants prosper, God's happy about it. And that's cool. I'm glad it makes you happy, Lord, when I do well. But to me, that verse, I wish it said something like, who makes his servant prosper. You know what I mean? Like, Or who does everything that needs to be done in order for his servant to prosper. Like, God, I'm glad it makes you happy. I'm glad, but but I just wish there was a little more, like a word that was a little bit more like, you're just going to do it for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, it makes you happy. And if I didn't prosper, then I guess that's going to mean that now you don't get to take pleasure in my prosperity. But either way, it feels like it's on me to prosper. I felt like the Holy Spirit then led me though to another scripture which is really powerful. Isaiah chapter 46 verses 9 through 10 says this. It says, remember the former things of old for I am God. That's good. And there is no other. I am God and there is none like me which go back to that verse just to me it's like, oh, there's only one of you. There's not Infinite numbers of you across galaxies and spans for all of time. Okay, there's only one. Yeah, there's no. Okay, anyways, moving on to verse 10. Declaring the end from the beginning. He says, I am God. And from ancient times, things that are not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand. And I will do all my pleasure. So what that says If there's something that makes God happy, if there's something that brings God pleasure, he is going to do it. So when you back up to Psalm 35 and it says, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant, Now you can know that the fact that God has pleasure in his servants' prosperity, you can know that God is going to make that prosperity happen because the Bible says that he does all his pleasure. Are you tracking with my logic? Yeah? Yes? No? Maybe so? It's time to go. All right. Is that Red Bull kicking in faster, Andy? Yeah? Let's go, man. Let's go. So then the third thing that stood out to me in this verse is this. It says, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Of his servant. Does anybody want to prosper? Put your hand in the air. If you would like to prosper and all things. Okay, great. So God, almighty God, the one and only, takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. And if he takes pleasure in something, he's going to make it happen. So then the question is, are you, am I a servant of God? Not all Christians are servants. There's a lot of Christians that have made Jesus their Savior, but not their Lord. In order to be a servant, Jesus Christ must be our Lord, So that's the question today. You all said you want to prosper. I do. And God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. And if there's something he takes pleasure in, he's going to make it happen, Chad. He's going to make it happen. So then the question is, are you, am I, His servant. And and how do we know? How do you know if you're his servant? Would anybody like me to answer that question today? Okay. A a handful of you. Well, I'm going to do it anyways. I was thinking earlier that, to my knowledge, I've never seen somebody actually walk out of one of my messages But I was like, man, let today be the day, God. Let today be the day. (laughs) Freaking today. Let's go. (laughs) Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 12 through 17. If we can pull that up, guys. You want to know if you're a servant of God or not, let's dive into this story. This is going to be good. You're going to like this. It's going to get better and betterer and better. I've noticed that there's some words in Utah that you add like an ER to the end of them, and it's considered a word here, but it's not. <laughs> like like "funner. Like "funner is actually not a word. Did you guys know that? <laughs> Prove it. I will. I'm going to post it on Instagram, Pastor Andy. (laughs) All right. Deuteronomy 15, 12. If your brother, a Hebrew man or a Hebrew woman, is sold to you and serves you six years, then in the seventh year you shall let him go free from you. And when you send him away free from you, you shall not let him go away empty-handed. You shall supply him liberally from your flock, from your threshing floor, and from your wine press, from what the Lord your God has blessed you with, you shall give to him. And you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore, I command you this thing today. And if it happens that he says to you, I will not go away from you because he loves you and your house. Because, because he loves you and your house, it's not enough to just love God. If you want to be a servant, you'll go to heaven. You'll go to heaven loving God. It says, because he loves you and your house. Let me prove it to you. Chad Keddington's my friend. He comes to me after service. John, that's the best message I've ever heard in my whole life. Now the pressure's on. Now the pressure's on. Anything less than that, I'm gonna be disappointed. And he says, he says, he says, uh, let's hang out. Let's go to let's go to R and R barbecue. And then let's want to go for a hike. And I'm like, man, this sounds like a great day, Chad. But then he says, but can you not bring Lauren? It wouldn't work. Chad and I wouldn't hang out. There'd be no progress of that conversation because he doesn't love my wife. The house, the church of God is the bride of Christ. So to be a servant, you must love God and his house and his house And listen, it's cool. Like, don't be a servant, and don't prosper. Okay, moving on. I'm not just talking about money. Everything. Nobody's walked out yet. Oh. All right, it's the hungry crowd. Since he prospers with you, so if this servant who sold himself, you typically sell yourself as a slave if you were in debt. In ancient Israel, he sold himself to this Hebrew person that had more money. And now it's saying in the seventh year, you got to let him go free. And if he says, I don't want to go free because he loves you and your house since he prospers with you. Verse 17, then you shall take an all and thrust it through his ear to the door and he shall be your servant forever. Also to your female servant, you shall do Likewise, the title of my message this morning is All In. All In. Let me pray. God, I just pray that true transformation would happen today. Lord, that, that, that starts in, in, the, in the mind and moves to the heart. God, let let my words be your words. Holy Spirit, I thank you that even right now you're beginning to speak. Like a brilliant chiropractor, Lord, you're beginning to adjust. You're beginning to tweak. You're beginning to shift. Even right now, God, eyes are beginning to open. Eyes of the inner man. Father, to see clearly. I thank you right now that a spirit of confusion. God, you are not the author of confusion. Confusion is broken in this house. God, in clarity and vision and hope and expectation fall down in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So I have four points for you. My points are the house, the ear, the all and the door. The house, the ear. The all and the door. Start with the house. I can hear you laughing, Andy. Is that, re- that Red Bull's crushing it? No, okay, hold on. I'm gonna clear something up here. <laughs> Paul Churchward, the, the head of marketing for Awaken, calls it sunrise. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you do it? Just to razz. Okay, that's awesome. Man. It's Sherbert Orange. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I didn't know that's why you did it. Oh, I love it. Yes. I love the sherbet orange. My first point is the house. All right, here we go. Here we go. The house. So in the Old Testament, in that story of the servant who decided he wanted to stay forever, people used the house. They used the house. To mark someone as a servant. I believe that God does the same thing today. He uses his house to mark us as servants. You need to know that. They would take him to the house and they would take the all and they would use the house. Okay, how does he use his house? How is God using Awaken Church to mark us as servants? Because he is, if you will let him. How is he doing it? Well, he's doing it through leaders. He's doing it through leaders that maybe tell you something, That you know is true, has happened to me. I've been here, Lauren and I have been here almost 17 years. Tell you something you know is true, but you don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear it. You don't want to deal with it. You don't want to admit it. You don't want to go there. You don't want to do it. But God uses leaders that will speak into our lives Okay, these are ministry leaders. These are connect group leaders. These are the pastors in this house. He uses leaders to mark you because they're going to say something that may raz you a bit. He uses other people. I thank God that this church is imperfect because it means that I have a place where I fit in. For real. The job of a critic? Kidding me? That's the easiest job in the world. Anybody could sit there today and and, and criticize my message and feel free. You should. Like, honestly, if you walk out. Oh, got one. I don't think so. He uses the community, he uses opportunities, he uses challenges, he uses offenses and disagreements to mark us as servants. I'm telling you, Lauren and I have been marked in this house. There have been, like I just mentioned, many times where there's been disagreements, there's been offenses, there's been things that have ha- that happened. When I first came to this church, I was... Aww. So sweet. I was a worship leader of a well-known church before I came to Awaken. I was running the worship team. And when I came to Awaken, there was this brilliant thing that happened where I became the head of the sound team for years. For years, for like three years. And was that easy? There's a degree where I saw the fruit of it. But at the same time, no. Because my dream was to be a world famous worship leader. And so does that make sense? Now listen, I got mad respect for Devin and PJ and Jordan and Chewy and Zach But if you're here and you're just waiting around for the opportunity to do what you feel like you're most gifted at, you're just waiting around for them to ask you to preach or lead worship when there's a need for production. There's a need for kids church. There's a need for high team. There's a need for ushers. This isn't a message of condemnation. I'm just telling you, if you want to be a servant, which means that you're going to prosper because God makes, takes pleasure in that, and anything he takes pleasure in, he makes happen. Then the key to that is being a servant. Don't be a servant, and don't prosper in all things. It's just the Bible. It's the way I see it. Because you have to intellectually answer the question, why aren't all Christians prospering? So if it's not automatic, then there's got to be something to it. And all I know is that the Bible says that God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. So I think that's a key. Listen, submission is a tough word. Submission is a tough word because it means you have to trust people. But if you trust God and you trust that the people that are in your life have been put there by God, then you can trust people because you trust God and anybody that's in your life, God put there. And it's this beautiful circle where you can trust people because you trust God because God has put those people in your life. Should I say it again? I'm sorry. I feel so salty. Ah! Listen, all of this is preaching to myself because <laughs> I've had comments made to me. Talk about being marked by that. Like, like John, you're really like a, an impressive Mustang running around on the hillside that's nice to look at, but good for nothing else. That's been made by high-level leaders in this house because it's true. When I'm just focused on doing whatever John Day wants to do, uh, I have an opportunity to use my gift. Oh yeah, put me in, coach. Oh, but you need me to lead an emerge team. You you want me to uh, join the apprenticeship? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I see like that's like you know that really like like noticed like big cool amazing thing. And at the end of the day, it's just an offer for servanthood. And to be willing to say, God, I trust these people in my life because I trust you. That's just a little personal rawness. The second thing is the ear, the ear. Why the ear? The mark of a servant is a hole in the ear. They take the all, they thrust it through the ear. Why the ear, Corey Ross? Thank you for asking, sir. Why the ear? It's because the only thing that you and I need to be a servant is a listening ear. The only thing that you and I need to be a servant is a willingness to listen and obey. They marked the servant's ear because the only thing needed to be a servant is a willingness to listen and obey. So what are we listening to? Are we listening to our own voice, our own reason, our friends that will validate us in all of our dysfunction? Or are we listening to the word of God? Are we listening to parents, family members that love us enough to tell us the truth, friends that love us enough to tell us the truth, pastors and leaders testimony of Lauren and I's life is really this. There's a lot of people that will say like, wow, look at your life. It's amazing. And, and, and honestly, it's simple. God help me follow you. It's literally nothing else than that. If you see anything in Lauren and I's life that you like, you can Chalk it up to, I was looking for that word chalk. I thought that was an appropriate word to use. You can chalk it up to listen and obey. Listen and obey, listen and obey, listen and obey, listen and obey. And when I say that, then the question, okay, how do you hear God's voice then? I'm going to do this quick. Because there's a lot of us, well, let me just, let me not go there. But let me say, how do you hear God's voice? Number one, read the Bible. Okay, the word of God will leap out at you while you're reading it. That's called a rhema word. The word is called the logos. A word that jumps off the pages and you go, oh my gosh, I was just thinking about that. I was just asking, that is such, that's called a rhema. And that is the Holy Spirit using his word because the Bible says it is living and active. Okay, uses the raiment. Read the Bible. You want to hear God's voice. Number two, get wise counsel. I'm telling you, if you're thinking about selling everything and moving to some other part of the country, don't do it just because you think you heard a word from God. Don't do it. Wise counsel matters. The Bible says that there is. Safety in a multitude of counselors. Number three, you want to seek the peace of God. Most of us know when we're making a good or a bad decision. Don't violate that. If you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit and he's going to tell you, stop. Don't do that. Don't violate that. No matter how comfortable or inconvenient it may or may not feel. The fourth thing is let circumstances speak. Listen, circumstances will speak, okay? Things will happen. Things will line up. You'll be driving. You'll see a license plate that has the state of Oregon on it, right? And you're like, I knew it. God was speaking to me about moving to Oregon. (laughs) In In all seriousness, God will use circumstances to speak, but most people start there. You don't start there, right? That's like the cherry on top. I'll tell you a quick story. I was praying three years ago about quitting my job. I'd been in uh, for like 12 years and um, uh, selling our house and going all in on this new company. Lauren and I were praying about it. And one day I went to the beach and I'm praying at the beach because if you live in San Diego, Jesus is at the beach. <laughs> okay? And I said, "God, I need you to give me a sign." This was my prayer. "I need you to give me a sign that I'm supposed what I'm supposed to do." I spent maybe 20 minutes there. I didn't hear anything, but it was still nice being at the beach. And I drove back to my House and I opened up my work computer to work, and there was an email at the top of my inbox that said, (laughs) the email said this, are you looking for a sign that it's time to leave your job? And then it said, maybe the fact that you're looking for a sign is a sign. And if you're still not convinced, here are five more signs that it is time for you to leave your job. Now listen, that was a pretty convincing circumstance. But that's not all I used to leave my job. We had already been praying about it. We'd already been having conversations with pastors Matt and Michaela Hubbard, with pastors Samuel and Katie Duth, with friends. We'd already been having conversations. We'd been reading the Bible. And all that was, that was just the cherry on top saying, thank you, Jesus, that I I threw this fleece out there. And God, you showed me clearly what you want me to do. And the fifth thing how to hear the voice of God is just don't rush, don't rush. If it's a God thing, it is not a something to rush into. Wait and allow everything to process before you make a major move. The third point is the all. The awl, so it was the house, the ear, the all, the all. If you can pull up a picture of an awl, this is an old ancient all. So this is the type of a device that they would use to mark a servant's ear. They'd put the hole, they'd take them to the house, to the door, and they'd, they'd, it says they'd thrust it through the ear to the door. And I hear all of you and you see this picture and leave it up there because it's good for them. <laughs> I hear you all groaning and moaning. Oh, ah, I know. I just hit my tooth. That hurt too. There's a funny, you guys have got to look this scripture up. I can't do it now. But the tooth, there's a a scripture in the Bible that talks about if you knock out your slave's tooth, you have to let him go free for the sake of the tooth. It's one of the funniest things I've ever read. You should just, okay. I hit my tooth and it made me think of that. But the all looks painful. And you know what? The truth is that doing what I'm describing, allowing yourself to be marked by the house, allowing your ear, it, 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 it can be scary, especially if you've been in a situation before where you've been hurt. You think I'm gonna do that again? Yeah, John, I did that. I, I, I went to the door of the house. I allowed them to, uh, to pierce my ear and, 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 and I got hurt and it didn't work out. And there was blood. And the concept of doing this again can be freaky. It can be scary. But it goes back to who, who are we trusting? Who are we trusting? And if we'll allow circumstances that were painful to be exposed and heal, we'll be better for it. And we'll be stronger for it. And we will uh, be grateful for it. So I know the all can look painful, but I would encourage you today. If the only reason that you are not coming into alignment with the vision of this house and putting your hand up to serve is because of a past experience and because of a fear and previous pain, I'm telling you, it's worth it. It's worth it. Go again, go again, do it again. Trust again, step out again. And the last thing I'll just say is the door. My fourth point is the door. And it's so beautiful how as a servant of God who allows themselves to be marked by the house, they allow their ear to be pierced. Now I'm listening, I'm obeying. And, and they, they don't allow the, the pain or the fear of the all to hinder them from trusting Jesus. Jesus. It's so beautiful how the Bible says God will prosper that servant. That God will prosper that servant. But what's amazing is it doesn't stop there. There's also the door. And the door represents the next level. Jesus says, I am the door. The door represents a place of revelation. The door represents... Access from one place to another. The apostle John saw a door, Revelation 4.1, said, after these things I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, come up here and I will show you things which must take place. The door church is a gateway between heaven and earth. When you allow yourself to be marked and pierced, You'll begin to see things you've never seen before, from a totally different dimension. And believe it or not, there's another level from servanthood, and it's called friendship. Jesus again is the door. John 10:9 says he says, "I am the door." John 15:15 15, 15, he says, "No longer do I call you servants." For a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I've made known to you. A previous verse says this, which I think is hilarious and beautiful and so true. Jesus says, John fifteen fourteen. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. And because he's God, he gets to do that. And there's a lot more to that. Scripture's not meant to be just an authoritarian because his commands the intention is to bring life And so jesus is saying if you do what i command you you become a servant you allow yourself to be marked by awaken church You have a listening ear. I'm gonna listen, God, and I'm gonna obey. I'm not just gonna strive and run around and do my own thing, try to figure this life out. I'm gonna stop Jesus. My ear has been pierced. I'm gonna listen, I'm gonna obey. I'm not gonna allow the the pain and fear of the all to stop me, and I'm gonna walk through the door. Jesus says, My commands will lead you to friendship. My friendship will lead you to favor. And my favor will lead you to life abundant. Why don't we stand to our feet this morning and close our eyes. Let's stand to our feet. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we close our eyes and let me just pray. God, I thank you today. I thank you today for what you're doing in Salt Lake Valley, Utah County the state of Utah. I thank you for what you're doing. And God, right now, I pray for revelation, 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 revelation to hit hearts. With everybody's eyes closed, I just wanna make this call. If you would say that you know you're a Christian, you know you are, and that's the greatest thing ever, eternal life, eternal paradise. But you've been living life in a way where Jesus is not necessarily Lord. And truthfully, there's no gray area. He is or he isn't. You do what he says or you don't do what he says. And you would say, today I want to step into being a servant of God. Today, I want to allow my life to be marked by the house. God, today, I'm giving you my ear. Jesus, I'm saying, yes, Lord, I will listen, I will obey, I will not allow the fear of pain or past events and trials. God, to stop me from walking through the door and that's you today, Christian. You say, I wanna take that up a level. I want you to signal heaven with a raising of a hand. From the front to the back, I want you to signal heaven. I'm not just going to make all my own decisions. I'm not just going to do whatever I want to do when I want to do it. What's most convenient all the time. I'm not going to fear the all. I'm not going to allow pain to control me. Come on. Put your hand up. Put your hand up. Signal heaven in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you today, Father, for these amazing servants of God. I thank you today, Lord, that this is just the beginning of a new day. This is just the beginning of a new dawn. Lord, your path, your ways, your truth are like the shining sun that gets brighter and brighter and brighter until the perfect day. So Lord, show us. Show us what you want us to do. Show us what we need to change. Show us how we can obey. And Jesus, let us follow you through the door into abundant life in the mighty name of Jesus. And every servant of God gave him a mighty shout in the name of